This is Jenny Bell from Clarington, Ohio, and I'm listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you want? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two for wiener. Listen, Laverne, I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And like that, we are into the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about live fire barbecue and grilling items. Right here in Palm City, USA, Cleveland. Every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern to 11 p.m. Eastern, live right here on the show. We'll do it live. It's also being recorded. First hour will go out a little bit later tonight. You'll probably see it in the morning. Second hour, Thursday. And I'll tell you about Friday here in just a few moments. Still to come on this very show this evening in the second hour, the Texas Monthly Barbecue Editor, Daniel Vaughn, the first full-time barbecue editor ever in the country, perhaps the world. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, my new favorite place, TikTok, and the Snapchat. You can follow me on Snapchat, but guess what? I never check it. And save yourself the effort of friending me up and then hating me every time you go into Snapchat, realizing I haven't accepted your friend request. I'm not not accepting you. I don't go in. I'm not not accepting Snapchat by proxy, not accepting you. But if I was in Snapchat, I would definitely be adding you as a friend or accepting you as a friend or whatever the hell it is you do on that. But I have the account just in case I decide to spark that up. But TikTok is my jam right now. The Oklahoma Joe's one that I posted from a couple weeks ago has got 40,000 views or whatever it has and, you know, almost 60 comments, which is unheard of. Like nobody really comments on TikTok. Well, they do, but not a lot of my stuff. That one's got a lot of comments on it. It's really the pinnacle of my TikTok career now at almost 1,400 followers inside of just uh, a couple months. Not breaking any necks by any stretch of the imagination, but. That seems to be working for some kind of promotion, I guess. But it makes me feel nice. Dave's Got Beer is watching live on Twitch, the most stable of all video platforms. If you ever go on Facebook because I'm using copywritten music and they ban me immediately, or YouTube gets a stick up their ass and don't want to show me for whatever reason or my stream isn't going out there. Twitch never fails. So twitch.tv slash BBQ Central Show. Anyway, let me get through this. At BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and the aforementioned Twitch, slash RD Rempe on YouTube as well. And if you just want to hear us and not look at us like Johnny Mags, then you can check us out on Clubhouse as we have an audio feed in there as well. Lastly, you can get 
one ad-free podcast feed experience through Apple Podcasts. So if you listen there, if you don't like the ads, then subscribe there, no ads, and you pay for me every month or one time up front for the year. Very, very inexpensive. I think for the year, it's uh, $970,000. I made $970,000 last year. How much? That's right. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, episode 234, taking you back to June 21st, 2011. My guest this time around is fan favorite Ted Reader, and we talk about planning a party and being able to enjoy it instead of being trapped in working the party instead of being able to enjoy the party. That's the worst. It's really the worst. You want to have this great party. You want to entertain. You want everybody to love you. But you don't plan right. You pick the worst things that you could cook. And you're all trying to do it. While everybody's showing up. You're at wit's end. Well, good news. 11 years ago, Ted Reader was on the show to tell you how to not fall into that trap. Maybe you've been doing it ever since the show has aired. I don't know what you're up to, but Ted can help you break that cycle. He gives you a number of tips to help guard against that. We also talk about appetizers, main dishes, all evergreen stuff, and all good stuff. As I was listening back, I did note, Ted did seem a little bit more subdued than the normal energy ball that he is. However, the info Still great 11 years later. And if you aren't familiar with Ted, really good introduction to him. You can actually go onto the Barbecue Central Show homepage in the little search icon, uh, in the little search field, and just type Ted Reader, R-E-A-D-E-R, Ted Reader. All of the segments will appear over the life of the show. Inevitably, you will find the segment that referenced lamb testicles. If you look hard enough, you will find it, and it is one to remember. Uh, don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or segment again on the show that's been lost in the archives or just something you want to hear again, email John. Let him know what you would like to hear, J-O-N, at the BBQCentralShow.com. You might be saying, hey, isn't that the same guy that's your Michigan Embedded Correspondent? 100%, that guy. He does the best moment show. Upcoming shows for the rest of June include... You know what they include next week. Oh, we are here. The pinnacle of American Idol Barbecue Central show every season comes down to the finals. Me and Rusty will be going head to head. We have our duet in the can recorded. That's one that you won't be expecting. If you want to start guessing in the instant chat, first time I see it, right? I will give you a prize. I guarantee you will not guess it. And it's not Islands in the Stream. Although that was recommended by Rusty, but I quickly nixed that. But next week we will be doing the finals for Barbecue Central Show American Idol Season 3. So look forward to that. Plus remember, we do sing live next week in the finals as we have done in years past. It's going to be great. Uh, also in July, uh, Derek Riches, of course, Next week as well, uh, prior to the Embedded Correspondence. That'll close out June. And then in July, uh, Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue. No, not Dancing Queen. Good guess, um, but definitely not that. Also in July, you will hear from a first-time guest. Who, you ask? 
One of the most influential writers of our time, Larry Olmsted, will be in. I looked back through a Twitter direct message. I reached out to him like five years ago, and then I just happened to see him write a tweet. Is that where I saw it? And I went back in. I was like, oh, yeah, this guy. Oh, he replied to a Michael Simon barbecue message. said, the best barbecue in Los Angeles is at Mabel's Barbecue Los Angeles. And Simon had retweeted that. And I was like, hey, look at this guy. I should reach out to him. And I went back into the DMs, and I sure had reached out to him and just lost track of it. So we've we've had conversation. We're putting it together. He will be in for the first time in July. I'm actually planning a whole hour for him because I believe there's that much potential content to get to. So uh, look for Larry Olmstead, along with the traditional cast of characters. Leanne Whippen will be in probably towards the end of July as well. So we'll talk about her induction into the Barbecue Hall of Fame, and we'll probably try and do an origin story as well. I wanted to mention this. Uh, I'm not real big on the eulogies, people passing away. I know I did it with uh, Ray Basso a handful of weeks ago with Derek Riches, of course, and that guy being the founder of the barbecue forum, but he was, you know, fairly uh, big impact here just in the barbecue culture in general, especially when I had first thought, uh, started to get into it. But specifically to this show, you know, I can go back through since the very beginnings of this show. And there are a very small handful, a select club of listeners that I can say, you know what? He's been with me or she's been with me since the very beginning. Diva Cube and with me since the very beginning, even before any podcast, just back in the message board. So she's been on the long haul ever since we got started. As I always say, we started together, literally. Um, she's since originally the cataclysmic fame. I'm here. There was a listener, Don Geiger, went by Don G on a lot of the forums. Uh, he passed away earlier last week uh, after an apparent blood illness. I don't know if it was a blood cancer or not. One of the original listeners slash super fans of the show would always reach out, would always email. was a huge fan of Chris Lilly and Big Bob Gibson. So I put in a call, said, hey, this guy's in New York. Uh, if you're ever looking for help and what do you know, five years in a row, I'd reached out to Chris and told him the passing of Don G. And he said, wow, you know, he actually worked with us on the team there at the Big Apple Block Party five years in a row. As you can see, Don is in the lead there. He's got a Barbecue Central radio show cap, which is highly illegal anymore. Not sure who the guy in the middle is, if that's uh, one of Chris's sons. But then, of course, famed pitmaster Chris Lilly is in that picture, too, on the far with the right-hand shirt, uh, or with the red shirt, putting all those sandwiches together, rocking some Tito's in the background. So let's raise a handle of Tito's to Don G as we send him off one last time as a fan favorite. And a uh, true barbecue ambassador. I had talked to him some time, but uh, we had emailed a handful of months ago. So uh, sad to see him pass away. And again, one of the original fans and listeners of this show. So, Don, you'll be missed. And uh, certainly appreciate all the listenership and dedication you gave to the show all the years. All right, uh, we will be getting to Mr. Dane Devon here in just one second. I'll talk to you about Yoder Smokers designing and building all their pits right here in the United States, building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer care. 
That's the backbone of how they've built the company. This approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family, honored to have a trusted place in the backyards of America. From pellet grills to wood-fueled offset pits and charcoal grills, consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the Odor Smoker's name. Make no mistake, the Odor Smoker's flavor-driven design, unique to each style of pit. And the team has developed their cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that's rooted in the handmade products, defines the integrity of the core values. American-made quality, endless flavor, the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers. Visit Yodersmokers.com and grab yours today. We are back with Daniel Vaughn right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show, presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you are just a beginner or you are a steeped professional, Definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them Barbecue Central Show sent you. In fact, just sent three opportunities for Noah Glanville to come on the show through next month and into August. So we'll see if he takes any of those. Joining me in the second hour tonight, the barbecue editor for Texas Monthly Magazine. You see him on the show quarterly as we talk about the goings-on in Texas and the barbecue world in general. We race to the Oklahoma Joe's Ryder DLX Hotline. And welcome back, our pal, Daniel Vaughn. Hey, Daniel. Hey, how's it going? Well, we are great. Great to have you back. Three-month hiatus, as I think you were, were you in England last time or the greater UK area? Is that a thing? Yes. I was in London with the family over spring break and uh, got to enjoy a few barbecue meals while I was over there. Uh, Texas Joe's Barbecue and uh, and Smokestack as well, both doing very different types of barbecue, but definitely both influenced by Texas. Is the Smokestack one... Uh, hmm. uh, I might get out of my depths here really quick as I start to th- think about what I'm going to say. Is that the the meet, uh, Mitch Benjamin one? Did he have, or did he have uh, a hand no, in putting together? Uh, you know, he, he may have. Uh, I'm I'm not really certain about it, but um, it's got uh, a little bit fancier version of barbecue. Um, actually, one of the things that was really memorable was the uh, smoked cod roe and olive oil uh, appetizer <laughs> that was meant to spread on bread. And uh, as I was eating it, I was like, "Oh, this is smoked fish mayonnaise." <laughs> like that's what this is, is right we're just eating with a spoon <laughs> it's i mean it's eggs and oil whipped together uh it just happens to be smoked fish eggs instead of uh, chicken eggs and oil whipped together so yeah it was actually quite enjoyable uh but the the chick the smoked chicken wings there um the pork rib yeah they had some good stuff there texas joe's crazy enough the most memorable thing not that the barbecue is bad but the cheese fries something about the cheddar cheese over in england just uh there's nothing really to compare it to here in the past and i'm talking past i've 
heard from folks that are either uh, UK residents or Eng English residents that say, you know, the meat's okay, but it's nothing really to write home about, or it's not like what you have over in the States. Is that since ramped up, would you say? Uh, I, I do think it has ramped up some, but I mean, certainly if you are looking for that good fatty cornbread prime beef that you would normally get in a in an american brisket um you're not going to get that same sort of sensation over there uh from the beef and and that goes with the steakhouses as well uh it's it's certainly on the gamier side of things which um i think for a lot of europeans that's what they look for in beef is to have that really uh, dense beefiness and that uh, more grassy earthy flavor in the fat uh, more developed uh, you know yellower fat I mean, the thing is, in, in the U.S., the thing that we love, uh, it's not so much corn-fed or, or marbled or whatever. We like young beef. You know, we like really young beef. We like it to be slaughtered young. And uh, over there, they, they let it mature a little bit longer and uh, are more patient with letting it mature. So when you say we and they, in terms of just some dope like me or the guy down the street... I don't think we have any idea if we're eating young beef or, or old beef. Why why wouldn't we let our beef age up? Wait, I guess, A, am I completely wrong in that assumption? I mean, you might be different than most considering what you do, but for just the consuming public, I don't know if they have any idea what age beef they're eating at all. They just think they're eating steak. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I go back to years ago. My daughter's now 13. And so she knows better. Um, but, you know, when she was younger, uh, she would talk about, you know, the where where the meat comes from. And, well, it's just like really old cows, right, Dad, that they are about to, you know, that are about to die anyway. It's like, nope, we like them young. Like we. Wow. Just bringing I'm that sorry. truth. I'm sorry, honey. I, I'm sorry, kiddo. If, if you're eating American beef, um, there's a 99 percent chance that you're eating beef that is two years older or younger. Wow. Um, and in the UK, it's, you know, it's not abnormal to have beef that's, you know, three years old. There are certainly um, some places that really um, they market their really old beef, like in areas of Spain, where 10 year old, 12 year old cattle are, uh, are prized for their highly developed flavor. I remember the first uh, first meal I ate in Barcelona when I went there. Um, was a steakhouse and they had a, a whole carcass uh, dry aging in a behind a glass case wow. uh, on display at the restaurant and uh, I ate a seven-year-old dairy cow that had been aged for you know like uh, eight months or so like it was <sighs> old beef and wow. old beef <laughs> on many different levels Old beef on many different levels, yeah, wow. and the the grassiness of the fat, the color of the fat is a lot different, um, and you know the the marbling, it isn't there um, like we see in in prime American beef because, um, I mean here we do it, we slaughter them young because we want to spend as little time and money on the feed as possible uh, before getting a return on that investment. Hmm. Taste wise. Is it just personal preference? Like you, you think it? It's. I'm not saying you, but would you say? Oh, it's. It's more, uh, for lack of a better term, it tastes more mature. There's a, a bigger depth of flavor, or the fattiness has a different. Uh, oh, I'm gonna make up a word. Unctuosity to it, uh, where the younger stuff is, you know, just what we're used to. I mean, can, 
would it cost aside could it sell and be real big here well i mean i think that if you looked at the idea of letting meat rot and get moldy in a case in a controlled environment for sometimes a year um, to get dry aged beef that we now prize in steakhouses. I, I think if you'd introduce that to the, um, you know, to the idea of American restaurants 20 years ago, you would have been laughed at. Uh, but we accept it now. It's prized. You pay a premium for it. And I, I think there's an audience for all types. I mean, I, I know there are people who uh, are happy to pay a premium price for dry aged beef and people who would much rather just pay for your standard wet aged beef and, and get a better deal on it. And they enjoy the flavor more. Um, but yeah, it, it is more unctuousity. Um, <laughs> you know, I think just it, in, in general, um, you know, it's, it's just tougher as well. I mean, it's an older animal. Uh, it's really the big difference. It's really a similar difference between mutton and lamb. Ah. If you've ever had mutton, it's got a much gamier, uh, sheepy flavor, especially if it's a, um, if it is a wool producing sheep, it's going to have even more of that lanolin flavor. Um, whereas what we generally enjoy here in the States is lamb, uh, which is really young sheep. Uh, it's kind of a trend, right? <laughs> huh. Yeah. I never thought about it. I mean, that's a great, uh, great way to describe it. So, um, and I, I'm just kind of a new lamb adopter. I think it's been two years now, but prior to that, I'd never had any lamb. I think my dad ate lamb, but it, you know, it was kind of foreign to me. Never really had any interest in it. And then when I was at Noah Glanville's house, uh, staying over there for a volleyball tournament with my daughter, they, his kids wanted it for dinner. They were like good kids. And these were like young, especially then it was three years ago, whenever it was, they were younger kids and they were like, Oh, we want lamb. I was like, the hell is wrong with these kids? They want lamb. Like that sounds weird. And, and we made it, and I was like, "Wow, these kids are the smartest kids I've ever met." And it makes sense. I mean, look at their parents. But uh, and I've I've been a devout lamb eater ever since. Um, one time, uh, Pat Lafrida was on the show, and he said, <laughs> "I'm no lamb connoisseur. Maybe you have a much more expanded palate than me when it comes to lamb." He said, "New Zealand lamb is some of the worst lamb you can get." And I've had other people who are either from uh, that area of the country or Australia go, he said that? And they're like, some of the best lamb ever is actually coming from New Zealand. Do you have a thought on that? Um, I mean, I don't really have a, a real strong opinion about New Zealand lamb. I know that there are a lot of good lamb producers um, in and around Texas. Uh, <laughs> the Capra Farms, if you order off of theirs, their website, they uh, use a it it's really about the lamb breed if you grew up and you ate lamb for the first time and it tasted like you know the sheep barn at the county fair smelled uh good chance you were eating a breed of lamb that is bred for its wool um and it has a high lanolin content and it has that in the fat as well especially in the fat and if you get a, a meat lamb like a dorper breed um then it has it doesn't have those sort of off flavors <laughs> So a lot of it is just choosing the right lamb. It's kind of the same thing with duck. Like if you get a Rohan duck, um, it's got um, much less of those gamier flavors. It's a more mild duck. And so uh, it's not going to taste like a wild duck that, you know, you, you go out hunting for. Daniel Vaughn joining us here on the show, uh, Texas Monthly's barbecue editor, tmbbq.com, the website. And you can follow him on the Twitter at BBQ Central Show. 
Can I pick a nit with you just for a second? Sure. It happens all the time. When did this two free articles become a thing on the Texas Monthly site before all the hurdles and roadblocks and you're, you suck, you're a cheapskate thing roll up? Because I was doing a little research on the show and it was like, you only got one free article left before we tell you to F off. And I was like, not really. And then I went and that was it. All of a sudden, I can't read any more of your stuff. I have to be a subscriber in order to get content. I mean, look, porn yeah, remains free on the internet, Daniel. Shouldn't TMBBQ be taking their lead from porn? No. No? Um, I'm going to say strongly no. That's not where we take it's our lead It's a billion from. dollar industry. Maybe tens of billions. Not... not not TMBBQ, it's not. Um, yeah, I, you know, sometimes I like to take my kids to the doctor, and that, you know, that requires medical insurance, and my employer has to pay for that. So sometimes it's nice to get a raise, too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to complain too much. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think, what do we ask for? Like 14 bucks a I don't, year, 12 bucks a year? I don't know. Year? I saw that, like, and I was like, not, are you kidding me? Not, do you know who very, I am? I'm telling the screen. Not do you know much. me? Do you know me? I know he comes on my show. The screen never says anything back. Crispy. Do you know, I subscribe yeah. to Texas Monthly so that I can uh, be able to look at those articles online. I don't believe that for one second. You wrote them. Texas, They're on your hard drive. I have, I have been a subscriber to Texas Monthly um, since I moved to Texas, and I continue to renew it year after year. Really. Yeah, I, th I mean, I think most of the people who go to the office, I live in Dallas, yeah. the Texas Monthly Office is in Austin, and I think most of the folks uh, at the office just pick up the copies there and, and read them there, and, and certainly if you're on the network in the office, like there's no, um, you know, there's no pop-ups, no blockers that show up, uh, but yeah, I've, I've been a subscriber for, you know, 21 years now. Here's a recent article Daniel Vaughn wrote before I was jammed up. Crispy. So we're only going to talk about two articles today, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's all I could research. No, I have some other things that I've been waiting for over the last few months. Crispy chicken is a thing, or as you put, uh, is having a moment in the article. But uh, crispy chicken is all. And that's not as I put it. It's I the having a moment thing. That is that's the headline writers. Um, the having a moment thing is long past having a moment in headlines. Uh, we need to get rid of having a moment. Um, but uh, my <laughs> what's whole the better the headline? Is like, you wrote the article. Well, my whole my whole point with the article is that it's now taken a starring role. Um, it you know a half a smoked chicken was just something that was offered at some barbecue joints and uh, usually was just seen as a a poultry option for people who didn't want the beef or the pork right you had to have it that um, was overtaken in the past decade or so pretty heavily overtaken by turkey breast smoked turkey breast it's easier to cook um, mm -hmm. it's just easier to hold it's easier to serve Delicious. especially easier to serve small portions of uh, whereas a chicken you know if you're going to serve it you're going to serve a half one or a whole one or a quarter of one um, and so now though I've seen several places really spend a lot more time and attention on the way they're preparing and serving their half chickens so is it just somebody decided to add a little bit more heat to it and eat the chicken skin? I mean, look, uh, smoked chicken skin is really, eh. Uh, usually yes, it looks really exactly. good. It's smoked good. chicken skin is eh. Yeah. And as I was writing the article, I didn't realize the article that I was really writing was that 
<coughs> excuse me i've got a as you might have heard in my voice i've got a little throat thing going on yeah. here but um the thing that I, I really learned myself in researching the article and taking notes on it and and uh over months like tracking down the places that was doing really great chicken uh was the fact that they all or many of them had bq grills um meaning that they had a direct heat cooker that it's a specific one made in north carolina it's portable it's easy to easy to use easy to move around so um a lot of people who want a small direct heat cooker and don't want to build like a brick pit or a concrete block pit uh, buy one of those and so it's a way of doing direct heat chicken um you know directly over the coals um you know and make it a little make it to me a lot better than what you can do in an offset smoker um now you can get good chicken skin out of an offset smoker most of the time it's people who really understand their smoker have shelves in it and have a real hot spot in it and are moving their chicken up to that hot spot to really get that skin crisp and really get the hot breeze of that smoke flowing over it but for the most part, the ones that I really loved were places using that BQ and doing uh, direct heat cooking. Uh, of course, Snows doesn't use a BQ. They use a, a steel smoker or a, smeal, a, a steel cooker uh, that was welded together by owner Carrie Bexley. And, and Tootsie does the, uh, the mopped half chickens directly over the coals, gets that nice crispy skin. Mm. But you're right. Uh, there's, nothing in, <coughs> there's nothing worse than flabby skin on the chicken, right? And so to be able to get that direct heat, to be able to, even if you smoke it first, uh, finishing it over direct heat really, really helps the, um, well, really helps you want to be able to eat every morsel but the bones. So will a lot of the restaurants that are doing this uh, cook them through, let's say, hold, and then as they're ordered, bring them back out to, or, or wherever this high heat grill is and give them a couple minutes to just finish them up and then serve? I mean, that's got to be a little bit more of a hurdle process. Well... You think you'd think of it as kind of a hurdle, but it is a way to uh, be able to hold that chicken more easily. If you hold it, uh, you know, for a long time before it's quite done. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. If you hold it before it's quite done, and then finish it, then you're able to ensure hot, crispy, fresh chicken to every customer who orders it. Daniel Vaughn joining us here on the show, tmbbq.com, his website at BBQ Snob, if you want to follow him on Twitter. Uh, can I, I'm asking seriously, can I hold you over into the next segment for a little bit or do you want to call it a day here? Yeah, you can, you can, you know, you can hold me over. I'll, I'll finish off my coughing fit um, on the break, but. Yeah, maybe I need to get some uh, carbonated water, maybe some hot tea. Hot tea, um, bourbon, give me, give hot me tea, back bourbon, that. something like that. Why not? Yeah, maybe bourbon might work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. We'll, we'll, we'll see what remedy I can come up with uh, All right. on our break. Then we will be back with Daniel Vaughn here in just one moment. I will do the last piece of business here before we talk about the last couple items. I had mentioned it last week. I'm still actually waiting to circle up with my guy, David... Um, McDowell David Leans, right? Of course What do we know? It's getting towards the end of June Soon it's going to be July And by this time next week It's going to be the end of December And then where are we? We wasted a whole year trying to get fit, healthy Lose some fat, all ah. that fun stuff 200 bucks a month that's all you have to invest. So now you have access to a pro like David. 
Did you know that some coaches like this are charging 500 bucks a month? And for what? A canned diet plan and one to two check-ins a month? Forget it. When you sign up with David, you get access to a resource who's available effectively 24-7. Things have gone so well that he has only a few slots left. People jumping at the 200 bucks saying, hey, I need somebody to help hold me accountable. 200 bucks. This is what I'm telling you. So how do you get a hold of them? Well, when you're in the program, you can eat barbecue all year round, and you've got assistance around the clock, just a text message, an iMessage, or a WhatsApp message, or an email away. He's also available to FaceTime, Zoom, WhatsApp, video chat, whatever you need, even on short notice. Kidding? It's great. Hit up the website, davidleans.com slash bbq. That's davidleans.com slash bbq. And join me as we decide to take control of the fitness of the diet and lose the fat. Come on, davidleans.com slash bbq, 200 bucks a month. Join me. Let's do it together. We're back with Daniel Vaughn right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. This portion being brought to you by Smithfield. Head to smithfield.com right now for recipes as well as tips and tricks from well-known live fire cooks like Darren Worth, Jess Priles, Charles Cridlin, mouthwatering flavor, and no artificial ingredients. Smithfield Fresh Pork is Quite simply, some of the finest pork money can buy. The trusted choice of top cooks at competitions and at home. And yes, for whatever reason, there was a weird buffer going on. Maybe my software was having a coughing fit. was jealous of our guest, Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly. Who knows? <laughs> Hopefully you're all uh, cured out there. If you're going to cough again, if you want to just hold the hand up, I can you know actually dump it out and it'll be nice, clean audio. Yeah, whatever you want to do, you, no problem. Thank you. Absolutely. I- I, I got some of the uh, uh, some treaty oak bourbon here. Treaty so. oak. All right. Uh, what are the flavor notes on that? <clears throat> well, uh, bourbony. It's very bourbony. Well, I can't yeah. taste the thing because Function. I can't smell, and I'm. Uh, it's got a it's got a level well, of unctuousity to it. Full disclosure. Full <laughs> disclosure here. Oh uh, wait a second. You know after two hold two on plus years. Wait, show wait. Exclusive news update. Welcome to the breaking news desk. Greg Rempe right here in Cleveland, Ohio. That breaks the most live fire breaking news as it's breaking across the country, nay, the globe. As we go to Texas for this breaking news and Daniel Vaughn. Well, after two plus years into the pandemic, I popped my first positive COVID test oh. this morning. So. You're kidding. Yes. So, just to show you the dedication that I have to wow, the Barbecue we. Central show. Well, I fear if it would be Indeed. like tomorrow or the next day, we might be in dire straits here, depending on what kind of an effect it might have. Not um, not to one-up anybody, but my wife, uh, like it was like two and a half or three weeks ago, right along the same time uh, timeline, you, myself, my wife, all COVID-free all along this time, and she went to work for the first time in like six months after getting her knee replaced, and she works in a nursing home, and you got to get COVID tested when you go in, and she started to walk away, and the lady's mm-hmm. like, oh, honey, come back here, and she's like, you're positive, get out, and the way she went, and she was 
sick as a dog for a week, and then finally in that second week it started to uh, uh, throttle back a little bit. But hopefully you don't get any worse than this. You getting any fevers or you know like what are the the symptoms no, I haven't, at the moment? I haven't gotten any fevers. I, I mean I've you know I was I was happy about the fact that over several years I haven't really had the uh, so, sort of sinus infections that I get pretty, um, you know, at least a couple of times a year. Uh, I haven't had to deal with those for a long while now, thanks to, you know, all the mask wearing and just not going into the office, <laughs> things like that. Um, and this is basically what it is, right? It's I've got uh, nose congestion, uh, sore throat, and and that's pretty much what I've got going on. So, uh, yeah, the congestion I've been... Uh, yeah, I won't. I won't go to all, into all the remedies that I'm, but that I've been going through. But the the best one thus far has has been the Treaty Oak here. Yeah. It's the day drinker, even though it's dark. Yes. Well, whatever we can do to to, to quell the symptoms, and so we hope it doesn't get any worse for you there. Uh, so let's continue on here. Thank uh, you. Your, I don't know, counterpart or colleague or whatever the correct term is here, uh, Chuck Blount from the San Antonio. Express News, or perhaps it's News Express, I, uh, I forget. He wrote an article semi-recently uh, that we chatted about here on his last visit about something making its way onto the menu of pretty esteemed barbecue restaurants. And he noted a smoked burger was mm-hmm. showing up on more and more menus. So A, can you, as a barbecue editor, the first full-time barbecue editor in the country, can you corroborate that? And if so, uh, your thoughts about a burger making it onto the barbecue menu? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> in a headline that I did write and they kept, um, I wrote about burgers being the new sausage. Uh, oh. Because, you know, the sausage for the longest time, uh, it, it old meat market style barbecue joints. The sausage came from the scraps from trimming away the brisket and trimming off the, the flap on the spare ribs, things like that. And that's where you got the meat for the sausage. It was all those trimmings, grind them up, season them up and stuff them, uh, stuff them into a casing and smoke it. And you've got that smoked sausage. But, you know, the, I think a lot of pit masters who maybe don't have all the equipment or the time or the help uh, to create those sausage links have realized that a lot easier way to be able to use up those scraps is, is grind up that, uh, all those brisket trimmings and, and turn it into a nice fatty smoked burger. Hmm. Do you think sausage is overrated? No, absolutely not. No, I, I love a smoked burger. I mean, it, it's, it's delicious, but as far as, uh, oh man, I was at Brick's barbecue in Fort Worth a few weeks ago. And they had just, uh, they had just, you know, gotten through a lot of different rounds on their jalapeno cheese sausage. And I ordered several other things. I was actually there for the chicken, uh, <laughs> the direct heat chicken. <laughs> but um, they said, you got to try the sausage link. We think we've got it. And I took a bite into it. And I mean, that taut casing, like you could just see the, like the, the fat running underneath the casing and <laughs> You could see the jalapenos and the cheese underneath. I took a bite of it and just like burst, you know, and uh, there, there's that sort of experience you can only get with smoked sausage, like a well-smoked, just uh, super juicy, nice, uh, you know, snap to the casing. These are all those things you can only get in the sausage. It's, it's an eating experience that you can't really replicate with, you know, a, a pork rib or, or brisket or, or a smoked burger. Is this, so, no, sausage is not overrated. A smoked burger more in the fattish category at the moment or do you think that's something that's just going to remain because of 
you being able to, to utilize those uh, scraps and trimmings, it, it is, does make for a good burger. Will that stick? I think it will stick. I, I think, um, I think, you know, um, the reason that the smoke burger I think will stick is because if you wanted to use up all those trimmings, and by the way, with the price of brisket, no um, there, there's no there's no throwing away brisket scraps <laughs> anymore, right? And and I think that's a good thing to continue, right? We shouldn't be throwing away um, perfectly good beef that could be ground up into a burger just because even if brisket's cheap, uh, but you know I think. The easier thing to do would be to do it on a flat top, right? A lot of the smash burgers, things like that. But you need a flat top. And that's not just like a fryer. That's one of those things that not every mm. barbecue joint has. But every barbecue joint does have a smoker. Uh, so, you know, you can always smoke those burgers, whether or not, whether or not you got the flat top or not. So I do think it's something that's going to stick around. Um, and, you know, it's it's like you got everything else, right? You, you're going to have buns at a barbecue joint for your barbecue sandwiches. Um, you know, I guess you don't see a whole lot of cheese on a lot of barbecue sandwiches, but, um, uh, you know, it's, it, it's pickles, onions. These are things that are going to be around at a barbecue joint anyway. So you're not really asking much to, uh, keep the smoke burger on the menu. Do you see meatloaf at any barbecue restaurants down there? You know, I've seen meatloaf. Um, I think meatloaf was a fad. Meatloaf <laughs> was one of those things where, um, you, you saw it at a bunch of places, um, I don't know, five, six years ago, and I don't really see smoked meatloaf much anymore. And I, I think it's because it's unlike a burger that's really able to take smoke on all sides. Uh, the meatloaf is really just going to get smoke on top. And then where do you put the sauce, whether it's a ketchup based sauce or barbecue sauce? Where do you put the sauce on that meatloaf? It's going to be on top, right? So um, you're not going to get much of a crust on it. Um, and you know, unless you're smart enough to do it in a perforated pan and get rid of a lot of that fat, um, the, the slices get kind of sloppy and just kind of fall apart because there's so much fat in there. And yeah, so meatloaf, I think, is a fad that's coming mostly gone. Uh, but I think the smoke burgers are here to stay. Robert Moss was on the show last week and he was talking about a trip. Ah, that my he had nemesis. Had there. That's right. Your, ne your, your Carolinian nemesis. He was really speaking about how the side dishes in Texas were really smacking down there. And that worked us into a discussion about my opinion on side dishes and his opinion. Uh, oddly enough, they were differing. He was very all about side dishes and how this is a great thing and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what? Fuck side dishes. I'm going down to eat barbecue. I could care less if you got great beans or a, an Asian bun, whatever the hell it is. I want brisket. I want turkey. I want chicken. I want the stars of the show. If there's a good side dish, right. Banana pudding's a different story. But side dishes, I don't care. Where do you fall on that? I love side dishes. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm Does it factor into your... When you're judging uh, or when you're evaluating a restaurant, well, I, mean, I mean, does it factor in? I mean, everything factors in, but it's like the meat is first when you're talking about judging a barbecue joint. I mean, it's about the meat. But if you've got a place, you know, you got two places that are a couple blocks from each other. One of them does incredible brisket, incredible turkey, sausage, ribs, right? The next one does all of those as well. But instead of canned baked beans and a tub of potato salad from their restaurant supplier, 
they they make their own or they're, they're a place like interstellar barbecue that has their smoked scallop potatoes which if you have had those one time then you would no longer say are uh oh my god you all right <laughs> oh What was chilling is right before the... Uh, I'm going to guess that he's going to show up here in just a second. But what was chilling, he must have seen it going away quicker than I saw the connection going away. And <laughs> did, did anybody else hear that? Right? Oh, my God. Like he saw somebody in the complete blackness behind him coming over his shoulder and maybe were... Now witnessing the former Daniel Vaughn of Texas Monthly Barbecue, but that was somewhat chilling. Really? <laughs> wow. Really weird. So, or maybe the COVID symptoms are just now boom overtaking him. He's like, wow, chills, the fever, everything. Even worse, maybe he's really gone. Not in that way, but like the. Battery died or, you know, who knows? Uh, we learned last week when talking with John Marcus, although we were running on two hours at that point and his computer died because it was powering his microphone as well. So the computer had to power the computer and the microphone. So we learn things here on the show and that's what it's all about. Did I get through, did I get through all the reads to... Three, four. Yeah, I did. All right. So I feel like we were coming up to the end of the segment there. So it looks like I'm going to guess now. Daniel's out. But again, that was a very chilling bit of English right there as the connection cut out. So what are we going to do? We'll give Daniel just a second here. I'll watch in my switcher. Also keep an eye out on the email. And we can try and play a game, of course. Everybody loves to win stuff. So if you have a Clubhouse account and you want to jump on over into Clubhouse, we can figure out something to give away. If you, whoa, Wait, wait. There you are. <laughs> man, I think my computer has COVID too. <laughs> I don't know what just happened, man. It just, my computer completely <laughs> shut down. I got, I mean, I'm plugged in. I got battery. I got everything. It just, boom, dark. I was just saying it was, it was really chilling that you must have been seeing this happen, you know, a half a second before we could actually see it. So you can see you're not looking at the camera. You're looking at the computer and then all of a sudden here you go, oh my God. And then, it, then the connection stopped and I was like, oh, what came out of the darkness behind him that he saw that we can't see? <laughs> This is terrible. So uh, uh, it was Robert Moss. Yeah, no kidding. He's coming to get you yeah. with his uh, Carolinian rice. Yeah, he met me at Dan's Barbecue in Fort Worth, and uh, I swear he told me a time he was going to meet me, and then he showed up about fifteen minutes later. I think just so I would pay for it because uh, he knew I'd be in line. <laughs> but we we had a delicious burger there as well. We had some good sides. Uh, man, the beans there—they do these beans and they. Put the uh, they put Fritos and cheese on top, 
And it doesn't sound like much, but that really changes the side of uh, pinto beans. That was <laughs> that was delicious. But you know, if you still want to talk about sides, yeah, I mean, for sure. It's, I I love sides. I love the variety in sides. But you know, if you've got a place that has really great meat and that other place that's just down the street that also has really great meat but also has great sides and desserts well which place am i going to choose which way which place am i not not am i going to choose am i going to suggest that you go visit and it's the one that's that's got the whole package when you are evaluating right for instance uh you know goldies is sitting atop the, the texas monthly list currently do they also have exceptional sides, or they just make really good main star barbecue? Yeah, um, well, they do both. They don't have quite the variety of sides that some of the places have, but the ones that they do have are really well made. Um, even their coleslaw is fantastic, but they do have this one side that you don't find much in Texas, and um, it's kind of like the smoked burger. It is a pork hash, and they take all their pork trimmings and they turn it into this basically like a pork stew, uh, a pork gravy, and they pour it over mm -hmm. top of rice. And um, it's a South Carolina thing. It's that's certainly where it. Um, that's where you find pork hash and rice in, in barbecue joints or as a barbecue side. So there's very few places that do it in Texas, but Goldie's is one of them. Uh, Leroy and Lewis is another one mm -hmm. in Austin. Uh, they do a really great pork hash and rice. And so, um, yeah, Goldie's. Uh, you know, just all of their sides, not all of their sides are really outside of the norm, but every one of their sides is really well made. Daniel Vaughn joining us here on the show. Uh, last topic before I let you go this evening and appreciate you joining me as always. Uh, obviously, the 2020 Barbecue Hall of Fame class is announced. Leanne Whippen is in. John Marcus is in. Joe Traeger is in. And oh. Um, uh, Mr. Mitchell, that I can't think of his first name for whatever reason. Uh, Ed Mitchell. Ed Mitchell. Geez, uh, Chuck was like right here for some reason. So uh, Ed Mitchell uh, is in. As you look at the class, um, do you think that the voting people got it right out of that final list of nine? And does any one or two of the of the four, not that you couldn't speak on all four, but do any one or two really stick out to you this year for any reason? Yeah, I think the one I was most happy to see get in because I think he was probably the longer shot was John Marcus. <laughs> and I think long shot because he's not, I think, in the current like barbecue mind, right? He's he's not um, he's not on camera uh, doing barbecue shows. He's not at barbecue competitions, winning competitions. He doesn't have a restaurant. But I think his influence in the way that we consume barbecue media um, the way that barbecue is cooked, uh, you know, it could be for better or worse, whatever you think of barbecue pit masters, the show he created. But, uh, you know, I think his influence is undeniable. And I think that, you know, um, I'm, I'm following, uh, Don Wynn here of Koi barbecue in Houston on barbecue brawl. And I mean, all of these barbecue shows, all these barbecue competition shows, they, um, they are all born from that barbecue pit master show. And so there are so many of them as well. Like I can't even watch them all. There's just so many barbecue competition shows out there, most of which end up being grilling shows. But that's a whole other uh, episode here. Would you say John Marcus is responsible for spawning a generation of barbecuers, not necessarily just competition, but 
fostering an interest in competition that without those shows oh, might have not had. Yeah, it. fostering an interest in backyard cooking as well. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's backyard cooks who maybe for their first 10 briskets thought the only way to get a good one was to inject it. Uh, you know, that, <laughs> but at least they were back in the backyard cooking, right? And I think that's what that show did more than anything is just really inspired a lot of people that, you know, they're they're watching all these guys do it. Like, why can't I do it? You know, why can't I take the lessons they're showing me on the show and, and translate it in my into my own backyard? And that's, uh, you know, the other reason that the Traeger uh, is on that list as well. You know, it's just the, the amount of backyard cooks um, that that you know, that the Traeger grill has, has brought about. Um, but you know, for me, the, the legacy category, just seeing Bobby Miller up there, uh, of the Louis Miller barbecue family, uh, you know, that was, that was one that I think was long overdue as far as a legacy category. And, you know, one of those folks that, uh, if the barbecue hall of fame had done it right from the beginning and, and done that large class, uh, that every other Hall of Fame does, that really large class of the obvious people who belong from the beginning, uh, that, that Bobby Miller would have been in that class. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it's it's certainly long overdue that he's in there. This year they also, are, or you guys um, uh, from the committee, um, put in that impact award. Uh, I was told through both Emily Park and through, um, uh, who did I, who else would I have had on, uh, maybe Robert Moss that, it's not something that needs to happen every year or it's not something that is mandated right. that it happens every year. But if uh, for whatever reason, a year defines itself as needing to have one or something is bubbled up to fit in whatever that I guess, like, how do you see that being defined? What's your interpretation of how that award is being worked? Well, the reason that we came up with an award like that was that, um, you know, there were many nominations that came in, either for people or for organizations, uh, for people who ran organizations or helped run an organization that's doing good work. Uh, you know, it was hard to determine, like, do we give the all the credit for what this or that organization is doing uh, to one person? And it just didn't make sense when... Uh, for, in a lot of in a lot of senses, it, it's a group effort for many of those things. So, we felt like having an award that would be able to recognize you know a whole group of individuals or a specific organization uh, for doing good work in barbecue that, that that was a valuable thing to have. Anything new that you're working on? You want to tease us with before we let you go and catch up with you three months down the road from now? Well, I did a massive steak tasting in my backyard here, uh, trying 12 different um, mostly Texas-raised Wagyu cross beef breeds. Uh, tried a different strip steak from, from 12 different ones and tried them in a blind tasting and uh, tried to see you know which ones rise to the top. Uh, and I'm not going to publish right away the results of that. I've got... Uh, I got the top five from that group that I'm going to taste the ribeyes side by side and see if there's an obvious difference between them. Uh, but it mainly is giving me a good excuse to write about the growing trend of ranchers using a Wagyu bull to cross with their, you know, whether it's Angus or Charlay or sometimes Angus cross heifers and create a Wagyu cross um, that is Texas raised, Texas produced, Texas fed, Texas processed and uh, you know available to texas consumers and so 
uh, there, you know, there used to be just a few of these, and 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 now you see a lot more ranches doing this, a lot more ranches putting their specific name brand on them, and um, you know, I think it's an interesting story. And after I got done tasting many of them, uh, I found a Morris Ranch, uh, I'm sorry, Morris Farms up in Groover, Texas, was the one that fed out a lot of these different. Um, individual name brands and so <laughs> i'm hoping to go visit them and see what their operations like and see what they've discovered about you know the the best way to get that really good marbling on those wagyu cross animals looking forward to reading that whenever it hits the publish and we are it's talking, gonna be beefy i can only imagine uh, wagyu beefy undoubtedly uh, we're talking with daniel vaughn the barbecue editor over texas monthly tmbbq.com his website Daniel, always appreciate the time, and we will talk to you in three months. Yes, I'll be there. All right. Good talking with you. And good luck with the COVID, of course. All guests appear via the Hope Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe no Pellet Grills Hotline. Daniel, of course, a Buckeye, originally now in Texas. So stay tuned for the beefy writing of Daniel Vaughn. All Texas stuff, right? Of course. Let me quickly scan through here and make sure that I didn't miss anything. That's three. That's three. No, we're good. All right, so we will jockey through this portion. We'll come back and wrap the show. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpey. Thanks, Daniel Vaughn, for joining me the last two segments in that second hour. Back in the day, wristwatches were made to be worn in the pocket, but after World War II, the wristwatch became in vogue. And the pocket watch quickly became an afterthought, finding its way to stock drawers and scrap heat. Quite simply, a tragedy. Enervortic watch, helping bridge the gap between America's storied watch manufacturing past, bringing it to present day where wristwatches are finding incredible popularity once again. And here's the coolest part. Each watch that Vortic makes is unique and one of a kind. Nobody's got one like yours. Vortic founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled, it was built. Right. All right, let's go ahead and get on out. All the way back in the first hour, we had who? Stephen Reichland, yes. Then we followed him up with first-time guest Zach Myron, product manager from Oklahoma Joe's. And we closed it out in the second hour with freshly positive on the COVID side, Daniel Vaughn, barbecue editor over at Texas Monthly, tmbbq.com. By the way, if you heard Stephen Reichland, and said that he offers the mail-order barbecue. That's a through-planted barbecue. But if you go to crowdcow.com, uh, I'm sure you can link over through that website to what he's offering, ribs and the beans and uh, all the other stuff that he was selling there. So if you don't want to cook it, July 4th, give Stevens a try if you want to. Why not? And then buy it and then tell me what you think of it. I'd like to know. 
Big show planned for you next week. Of course, Derek Riches is in and the culmination of Season 3 Barbecue Central Show's American Idol, where Rusty Monson and I will be singing for our very lives, both recorded and live. You don't want to miss it? How do I always leave you? September 11, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now. This is Dion Blumenrader with Big Hoss One Sauce, and you're listening to the best show on all things barbecue with my man, Greg Rempe.